While midterm votes were still being counted in parts of the country, President Trump decided that changes in his administration were in order. On Wednesday afternoon, at the president's request, Attorney General Jeff Sessions resigned. Sessions became a target of the president's frustration when, in March of 2017, he recused himself from control of the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 campaign. Trump has publicly criticized Sessions many, many times since. So he made what I consider to be a very terrible mistake for the country. And uh, you look at what took place and what happened, and it's a disgrace. Given that tension, Sessions' departure was long expected. But the move raises questions about what powers a president has to influence Justice Department investigations into his own administration. Plus, what's the significance of the resignation's timing? And what are the implications for control of Robert Mueller's ongoing probe? This is Can He Do That, a podcast that explores the powers and limitations of the American presidency. I'm Allison Michaels. Now, President Trump's attacks on his attorney general have lasted many, many months. Sessions' ouster, though, that happened quickly. So I think we should probably focus on the hours that led up to Trump's tweet. National security reporter Matt Zapatosky covers the Justice Department for The Washington Post. Even Sessions deep down knew after the election he would have a limited amount of time. So he gets this call from John Kelly and he puts together a letter. Trump goes out at the press conference. He's asked about this and he says something like, this isn't an exact quote, but, you know, now isn't the time to talk about my attorney general and deputy attorney general. Again, everybody knows that he wants to fire Jeff Sessions. It's sort of a matter of when, not if. I don't think people sort of thought the when would be as quick as it was. So then press conference wraps up. Maybe like an hour later, Sessions publicizes his resignation letter that he's drafted in this time. Trump apparently accepts it because he tweets immediately, hey, Matt Whitaker, Sessions' own chief of staff, is going to take over as attorney general. And that's where we are as we stand here, uh, you know, right now. Matt Whitaker is the acting attorney general and Jeff Sessions is out and it all transpired in a matter of a couple hours. So why do we think it was so immediately after the midterm election? I think just because Trump has wanted to do this for so, so long. There was a moment long ago after Sessions had recused himself from the Russia investigation which is the source of all this friction between Sessions and Trump, that Sessions actually submitted a resignation letter to Trump. Trump had just blown up on him. Sessions says, hey, I'll quit. And Trump just sort of pockets it and he walks around with it for a while. And eventually he returns it with a short note that says not accepted. But he just kept stewing for months and months and months. We've reported that his advisors kind of successfully talked him into not firing Sessions. And the reason evolved. So for a while, Sessions, former colleagues in the Senate, said, look, we're not going to confirm somebody that you would appoint in place of Jeff Sessions. This is a bad idea. Sessions appeals to the base and that kind of won Trump over. And then it was like, well, they're kind of on board with firing Sessions, but the midterms are so close. Don't do this. Don't upend our chances in the election. But after the election was over, there's sort of nothing to hold Trump back. And more than any other cabinet secretary, Trump had really come to dislike Jeff Sessions. So moved on him right away. And just to be clear, it is fully within the president's power to fire his attorney general? Absolutely, yeah. And under different circumstances, 
this might not be as explosive of news as it was. You know, presidents move on from their attorneys general all the time. Attorneys general leave all the time. Trump is sort of right. The cabinet secretaries leave all the time. That happens. This has different dynamics and it's pretty unusual for there to be a two-year rancorous relationship with a investigation of the president that is sparking that rancor and that be the reason that the attorney general be fired. But it's true. He has the authority to do that. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about that then. Sessions recused himself from all matters related to the Russia investigation. Remind us why. Yeah. So we have to go back a little bit. We have to go back sort of to the campaign. Sessions is an early adopter of the Trump campaign. He's the first senator to endorse him and he campaigns with him. And one of the things the Russia probe is looking at is like whether the campaign coordinated with Russia to influence the election. So that's sort of by itself. Sessions is a prominent member of the campaign, an early adopter of the campaign, active on the campaign. Mueller is looking at the campaign. Sessions has got to recuse. There's this other context, though, that Sessions himself had meetings with the Russian ambassador that we reported on that he did not disclose to Congress until we reported on them. He sort of retroactively disclosed. He only recused sort of after we reported on that. So that's another dynamic here. He was on the campaign and he might have had to recuse regardless of our reporting, but it was only after our reporting on these meetings he himself had with Russians that sparked his recusal. And Trump has blamed Sessions for essentially allowing the Russia probe to happen. Is Sessions responsible for that probe in some way? Uh, I would have to say no. The Russia probe started before Sessions ever sort of dreamed of becoming attorney general when Trump was just a candidate. The FBI was interested in this. It is very interesting. Trump sort of takes this recusal and that's like the reason that everything snowballs on him. He interestingly came to dislike Jeff Sessions even more than he disliked Rod Rosenstein, who appointed the special counsel who is now supervising the Mueller investigation, which isn't to say he likes Rod Rosenstein, just he dislikes him less than Sessions. Um, But no, it is not true that Sessions' recusal is what sparked the Russia investigation. But will Sessions' departure affect that investigation now? It very well could. So the man appointed to take over for Jeff Sessions in an acting capacity is a guy named Matt Whitaker. He's a former U.S. attorney, a former University of Iowa football player. But most recently, before he became Jeff Sessions' chief of staff, he was kind of a legal commentator. He was on CNN. He's a very conservative guy. And he gave the world sort of all his opinions on Mueller. And he clearly doesn't think very highly of Mueller. He suggested... Uh, I forget if it was a column or in an interview that that the attorney general could like choke off Mueller's funding source and shut down his investigation that way. He when CNN, who he was commenting for at the time, had reported that the special counsel might be looking into financial ties between Trump associates and Russia. He said that was approaching this red line that the special counsel shouldn't cross. So. The guy who now takes over for Jeff Sessions and who, at least for right now, is not recused from the Russia case, has all these negative opinions of the special counsel and of Mueller. So certainly that could have an impact. I mean, if he made this idea a reality and choked off the funding of the Mueller investigation, that would have a real impact. The attorney general has to approve steps that Mueller takes, big steps that Mueller takes. Jeff Sessions couldn't do that because he was recused. So was Rod Rosenstein. But 
as of this very moment, Matt Whitaker is not recused, so he could say, no, you don't have approval to subpoena this witness or to bring this indictment. It could have a very real impact. And do we think that's why President Trump chose him to replace Sessions at this time? That's really hard to say. So Trump and Matt Whitaker... Very strangely, Matt Whitaker is Jeff Sessions' chief of staff, but he's, and even though Trump hates Jeff Sessions, he develops this bond with Matt Whitaker. It's almost like because Trump refuses to talk to Sessions, he's got to talk to somebody at the Justice Department. That just happens to be his chief of staff. And Matt Whitaker is kind of appealing to the president. He's a very blunt guy, a shoot from the hip sort of guy. He, you know, the big buff, you know, a good looking guy. So Trump likes that and he comes to just like him uh, as an attorney, as a man, I think that probably has as much to do with why he's selected for the job than anything having to do with Mueller. Trump said at this press conference today, look, I could fire Mueller. I could fire everybody if I wanted to. I haven't done that. I want to see this proceed apace. He probably is right there, though that would cause him a huge, huge, huge political headache. Um, You know, I don't know that he appointed Matt Whitaker just to put strictures on the Mueller investigation, though certainly that could be an effect. So do we think that Matt Whitaker will replace Jeff Sessions in the long term or do we expect Trump to uh, nominate somebody else? So our reporting now, uh, which is based on people close to Trump, suggests no, that he's probably just an interim replacement. But that could be quite a while. I think he can serve in an acting role for 210 days unless Trump nominates someone and then it could be sort of as long as the nomination process runs. From what we understand now, no, he's probably going to do a little bit broader search and find somebody to be a permanent replacement to Jeff Sessions. But Matt Whitaker could be on that list. We reported long before this happened that Trump had talked with Matt Whitaker about being the attorney general. That conversation was a little nebulous. It wasn't clear whether Trump was referring to this acting position, which Matt Whitaker has now, or if it was a more permanent thing. I would assume Matt Whitaker would at least be in the running. But we do think Trump is going to look broader. And what we're reporting now is some people in the White House don't expect Matt Whitaker will hold on to it long term. And at this point, how many people has Trump fired from his own Justice Department over the past two years? Oh, gosh, I'd have to think about that. He fired James Comey, sort of most notably. He didn't directly fire, but he opined a lot about Andrew McCabe. And Andrew McCabe was fired as the FBI director. He had laid off Sessions and Rosenstein. I'm trying to think if there were other Justice Department people who were fired. Uh, Pete Strzok, who was another person in the Russia case. Again, Trump didn't fire him, but he had tweeted a lot about him. And then the FBI fired him. He sort of was an agent who was on the Russia case, became famous for anti-Trump texts. So have we seen anything like that before, multiple people being either criticized publicly by the president from his own Justice Department or fired? He has treated his Justice Department in very unusual ways. All of those people I mentioned, uh, well, many of those people I mentioned, McCabe, Strzok, Comey, they were either career people, meaning they weren't like political appointees. Uh, It's very rare for the president to get involved in something like that and to advocate for the firing of career level people. Or in Comey's case, he was a 10-year appointee and Trump 
you know, cut him off way before his ten years was up. In some ways, firing the attorney general is a little more normal than some of the actions in those cases. But again, here, where the attorney general's recusal is really what is a has a really important role in an investigation of the president's campaign, that's what makes this so explosive and so unusual. Right, and a piece of that, as you mentioned earlier, is Rod Rosenstein. Do we expect him to stick around? That is a great question. Um, as I'm sitting here right now, we understand he is at the White House. Uh, we are told that that was a pre-scheduled meeting, but you know, a pre-scheduled meeting on a day when the attorney general happens to get fired. So we will see. We understood before today's action that he was relatively safe compared to Sessions. Trump has not liked Rosenstein. He has mused in the past about firing Rosenstein. But more recently, he had sort of declined an easy opportunity to do that. It was reported that Rosenstein had suggested using a wiretap to sort of secretly record the president and that he had suggested using the 25th Amendment to oust him from office. Rosenstein disputes some of that reporting, but that gave Trump an opportunity to move on him. There was this very confusing episode where Rosenstein was on his way to the White House. Uh, One news organization had reported wrongly that he had resigned. Um, He apparently was going over there thinking he was going to be fired. At the end of the day, he wasn't. And Trump said afterwards, you know, me and Rosenstein, we get along. I want him to stick around at least until this thing finishes, this thing being the Mueller investigation. Is it problematic for a president to fire the person supervising an investigation into himself? Yeah, this is a very awkward thing. It is problematic, right? The firing of Comey caused a lot of issues for the president. He's being probed for possibly obstructing justice. The firing of Comey is one aspect of that. And the question is, did he fire Comey to block this probe into him? That certainly could be a question with Sessions. It's a little more of a bank shot. It would be like he fired Sessions so he could install a guy to influence the probe. That said, these are very thorny questions because it's definitely within his power as the president to fire his attorney general. And it's not like we should expect that an investigation of the president would just stick him with an attorney general he doesn't like in perpetuity. He's allowed to do this. The question is, like, what was on his mind? What did he want when he did this? If it's just like, I don't like Jeff Sessions and I like Matt Whitaker, totally fine. If it's, I need to get in the way of this probe that's starting to threaten me and I'm going to get Matt Whitaker to do that for me, that could be a real problem. Okay, one final question to you about the timing of this. Democrats have now won the House. They now have oversight power. And that means that it is likely they will start opening up some investigations into the president's administration. Does the timing of firing his attorney general and having a meeting at the White House with his deputy attorney general reflect perhaps a renewed fear by the president of these investigations? He's trying to stop them wherever he can? It could be, but I think his fear should more be if he makes personnel moves that are problematic because they have a bad motive. Democrats are in a much better position to figure that out now. You know, I was talking to someone inside the Justice Department today about like, do you think this was a move that was meant to stifle Mueller? And the person said, I I don't know, but if it is, that's really 
really dangerous because in a couple of months, the Democrats are going to have subpoena power. And if there are communications about this, they might be able to get those communications and really make this this a nightmare for the president. Heck, they could move to impeach him if they found things that were damaging enough. So um, is he doing this because the Democrats won and he thinks, I need to end Mueller? Geez, that seems unlikely to me just because the Democrats probably would be able to figure that out given enough time and now given this power that they'll have. I just think he knows now that the election is over, there probably won't be a great political cost to me firing Sessions. And I hate the guy, so I'm going to do it now. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you. This is a special episode of Can He Do That? If it helped you make sense of the news of today, share it with at least two other people. Thanks so much for listening. Can He Do That? is a team effort here at The Post. It's produced by Carol Alderman with special help for this episode from Dennis Funk. Design direction comes from Kat Rudell-Brooks, logo art from Loren Boglio, and theme music by Ted Muldoon. <laughs>